Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Yeah, you doing all right? You sure? Okay. Uh, what I want to do today, uh, last week Thanksgiving, I, I trust that everybody had a wonderful holiday, uh, and you are thankful people, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's good that we have the opportunity to be able to talk about those things. But I didn't get finished with my uh, talk that I was in, Live Inspired. See, I think that um, you and I, I believe we're in, a, we're in a, this window of time where God needs us to be inspired by him to influence the people around us. Yeah. And, and so just quickly reviewing, uh, we'll go to Genesis chapter 12. Uh, and we'll kind of unpack this today. Um, God is speaking to Abraham. Abram was his name at the time. Uh, there's a, there's a, a meaning behind God changing Abram's name to Abraham. We might get into that in, in a minute. We'll see. But God is speaking prophetically to the, the young man, and he says this in Genesis 12, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. See, I think this is the inspired life, is being a blessing to others. And so today, let's, uh, let's, let's get into this and let the Holy Spirit help us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Man, thank you so much for your word. Today, Holy Spirit, for every person in the room, for those listening and watching, speak to our hearts today. Stretch our faith today, Lord that we live inspired lives for you in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Now, here's the thing. We talked about this uh, in, in part two. What I love about this is how God prophesied Abraham's life to him. Now, now I can tell by your expression that you, you didn't get that. See, I think that the word of God will prophesy your life to you if you'll let it. Because the same God that spoke to Abraham speaks to you today through the pages of that book. That book is inspired words from the Lord. And it will literally come off the page and it will direct you. It'll inspire you. It'll challenge. Are you ready for this? It'll correct you. Oh, yeah. I know some of you. That was your church. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes correction. But whom God loves, he does what? He disciplines. He corrects. And, and the thing that you see about this, as God began to prophesy Abraham's life, and we'll look at this in a, in a moment in Romans chapter 4, but God began to call, he called things into being that currently wasn't there. I think the book of Hebrews tells us this, that the things that you and I see were created from a world that's not visible. See, I need you to understand today as people born of the kingdom of heaven, you are born of a world that is just as real as this one but not temporary. It's an eternal world that you and I are born of. And we are ambassadors on this planet. We represent God. Well, that means that you've got to have a little knowledge of what God's like to represent him. Yeah? Yeah. See, and this is what God's word does because it is inspired utterance. It is prophetic over your life. You know, in, in Romans 4, when you look at that, and so often you will see this or hear this quote, uh, but in Romans 4, 3, the Bible says, what does the Scripture say? See, if you got nothing else out of this talk today, if that was the revelation you took home, 
What's the scripture say? It'll change your life. Hmm? In verse 17, it says this, as it is written. How many times when you all follow Jesus did he make statements like that? It is written, it is written, it is written. Peter, Paul, they would refer back to the scriptures constantly. And so I want you to understand as we dig into this today that your time in the word is, is, I I know I, I probably wear you guys out with this, but your time in the word is irreplaceable. Nothing, listen to me very carefully, I'm not talking about some religious thing you do. No, I'm talking about a lifestyle of setting under the Word of God, letting it change the way you think. See, this is what uh, we, now, now the book of Romans goes into great detail about teaching people the difference between legalism and Christianity. See, the Apostle Paul teaches, that was his whole mission everywhere he traveled, preaching justification by faith, not by the works of the law. Romans 4 goes into great detail about letting us know that Abraham, he was the blessed of the Lord by faith, not by the works of the law. So when you read through the Old Testament and you hear statements about the law and the word, you must understand you have to interpret that through the window of the New Testament because you are in a new and better covenant. You see, a better covenant means well, it's like this. I got a $50 bill and a $100 bill. Which one you want? Right? See, the, the 100 has the 50 in it plus. That's what we got. we got. We got the old without the legalism. Galatians tells us that Jesus, they nailed that legalistic attempt, that approach, that what we had to do. See, all the law did was show you how bad you were. But when Abraham was prophesied to by God, there was no law. Did you know that? The law didn't come until Moses was on the scene because God told Moses, you got to let them know, you got to write this because the sin was so bad. You got you to write this stuff so they can, they can see what it looks like and they can see that there's no way to me without Jesus. See, everything about the Old Testament points to Jesus. Even though it highlights our junk, it points to him because he's the only way out. You got that? And in Romans 4, we're talking about Abraham being the father of our faith, and we are, according to Galatians, the seed of Abraham. I want you to listen to the message paraphrase in Romans 4. We call Abraham father not because he got God's attention by living like a saint. See, I know some of you all, you think God's going to do you better because you're good. But what about when you're not so good? Is God going to do you worse? Some of you are like, oh, maybe. See, that you still Old Testament thinking, man. He loves you. Now, that doesn't, that, now listen, that doesn't mean he's going to put up with your junk and, no, right? He, he'll discipline you. We call Abraham father not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was nobody. How many of you can relate to that? Yeah. See, God made something out of me when I was nobody. He goes on to say this, Abraham was first named father and then became a father. But he was called a father before he became a father. The reason that God changed Abram's name to Abraham because Abraham means father of many nations or tribes or people. But he had no children. He was old. I mean biblical old. You know, not our old. 
And if, if the Bible says you're old, well, you're old. And the baby-making stuff, it, it was already closed. For, the shop was closed up, right? And so in the natural, Abraham and Sarah could not have children, but God said you're going ha- to have children, yeah? And God called him. Now, just, I know some of y'all are faith people. You got this. This is simple to you, but I want you to wrap your head around this today. What are you calling yourself today that God said about you? Huh? He, he went so far as to change his name so that every time somebody, hey, Abraham, they were yelling, what's up, father? No kids. Huh? Every time Abraham introduced himself to somebody, father of nations, he was calling something that did not exist in the natural yet. Now, people get critical of this kind of life because you don't believe it. Can we be real for a second? Your religious approach to something has clouded, or I should say your religious judgment has has clouded your approach to the kingdom of heaven principle. God called Abraham by design something that he wasn't yet. I wonder what we have in our own lives that God has called us that we haven't discovered yet. See, this inspired way of living is something that not only is it going to be you getting your mind renewed, you've got to get your mouth lined up. Huh? You see, Abraham was named father and became father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life. With a word, make something out of nothing, calling those things that do not exist as though they do exist. I was talking about this in a Bible study years ago, and the gentleman said, yeah, but that's God. And he said it like that, you know, that's God can do that. I'm like, when you say it like that, does that get his attention? God. I'm like, wow. Listen, according to Jesus, my Savior and King, he told me I could do the things he did. Hang on. And we, we get that scripture, and we're like, oh, yeah, I got that. And we think because we've accumulated some information, we're going to walk this out. And so you try it. You go say something to something or say something about a situation, and you don't see a change yet. Well, how quick did Abraham see a change? Anybody know how long it took for Isaac to show up on the scene? How many? 25 years? Not 25 minutes. Not 25 hours. Not even 25 days. 25 years, man. I know a bunch, we, we'd all been, we'd, we'd done quit church by now. Lord, I, I, know, I know, how many of you said this? Lord, I know what you said, but this is what I'm dealing with right here. This is what I'm saying. See, there's no faith in that. And I know people don't want to hear that. Don't tell me I'm not, just, just because you know something, that doesn't mean you're in faith about it. Abraham was so convinced. When, if you got some time, go read Romans 4. The, the whole chapter, okay? Like, you want me to read the whole chapter? <laughs> I promise you, it won't hurt you. <laughs> but the Bible says that Abraham was so convinced of what God said that he wouldn't even consider his situation. He wouldn't consider his dead body or the deadness of Sarah's womb. He wouldn't consider it. All he would do is say what God said. What if all we did was say what 
You know, I was thinking about this statement the other day. Because Jesus, sometimes the things Jesus says, I'm like, are you for real, man? Now, now check this out. <laughs> You're going you to appreciate this, Annie. Jesus said, I only say, oh, y'all know that. I only say what my father says. Well, I got to thinking about that. I'm, I'm, my wife, she helped me. She, you're not there yet. <laughs> I, I get it. But then we wonder why we don't see what you see in him. Because if we only say, but we don't only say, we say stuff like, my job sucks. We say stuff like, I can't stand what's going on right now. We say dumb stuff like, I want a new marriage. Why don't you fix the one you got? Why would God send you somebody new when you didn't take care of the one? My bad. My, I probably went too far with that, didn't I? Listen to this. When everything was hopeless, say hopeless. Abraham believed anyway. He decided to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. See, if God says you can be, if God says you can do, then who's to say you can't? The enemy will be quick to tell you that. The modern-day Pharisee will be quick to tell you that. But I think today, we, we, we touched on this in part two. Remember what God said to Ezekiel? Son of man, can these bones live? See, I think it's time for you and me. I think it's time that we start saying what our Father says about us. I think maybe it's time that we start prophesying to ourselves. Huh? What if you just woke up every day and you had a promise from God and you were just speaking it over you and your kids was looking like, I mean, like, Mom, what's, what's up with Dad? What's he doing in there? And you have, an, see, instead of being a, listen, instead of trying to dance around the things of God, you're bold about the things of God. Well, baby, you don't understand this yet, but your dad is prophesying his future right now. He's prophesying your future right now. He's, he's speaking the words of truth, the inspired things of God over his life. Guys, you got to stay open to the reality that there's something that God wants to do, something that God wants to accomplish in each and every one of his children. But you've got to make yourself available to this. You've got to submit yourself to the things of God. <clears throat> one very important reality that every believer has to embrace is this. Because if you, if you follow the teachings in the New Testament about Abraham, you find out that we are the seed of Abraham. And we are heirs according to the promise. You see, God promised every believer the blessing that he promised Abraham. I'm going to make you great. Listen, I'm going to make you great for a reason, though. If you want to be great just for you and your four and no more, it'll probably stop it. He wants to make us great for a reason. He wants us to be influencers of people. See, when you look at Abraham's life, I mean, he was very successful spiritually, physically. He had divine favor and abundance on his life. There's one story where, <clears throat> now you think about this, Jack, you'll appreciate this. Abraham, his nephew Lot, came with him. Now, something you ought to think about, God never told Abraham to take Lot with him. 
He didn't. So Lot was just walking in the blessing by association. Wow. wonder if that can happen. Well, there's a great picture there that it did happen. And so there come, a, there come a point where they had to separate because God had blessed them so much that the land that they were living in could not occupy their, the, the, their herds. And so he told Lot, he said, well, you pick which one you want. One was super nice, one was busted. Well, which one do you think the little immature nephew took? He took, yeah. But out of all that is where Sodom and Gomorrah came from. Now, there's a whole other lesson there, but my point is this. In all of that, Abraham still knew who he was, and he didn't, it didn't face him. He knew how he was blessed the first time. So even if he, you understand God can make a river in the desert. I got one partial clap. <laughs> See, this is, this is the thing I need you to understand. You, you need to believe God for some... I want you leaving here today believing God for some radical stuff in your life, some crazy, now not selfish stuff like that, but God said, I'm going to make you great so you can be a blessing. You see, Abraham's life shows us what God will do through somebody that's willing to trust him and commit to him. Abraham is the, this wonderful ambassador to our faith, and according to Romans 4, he became what was spoken about him, what was prophesied over him. He was fully convinced of it. This, this is why God's word has to be the foundation in our life. It, God's word has to be the lamp unto our feet. It has to be the, the, the thing that enlightens our path. When you spend time in the word, when you take the time and meditate, what happens is things begin to change from the inside out because the kingdom of heaven is within you. See, if you're born again, you're not just some church-going religious person. You're a new creation in Christ. And the Spirit of God, you know, the one that talked to Abraham, that Spirit lives in you. But until we take the time to let that reality set in, we're still going to be these kind of on the, on the perimeter just kind of hoping God will do something for us. And it doesn't work like that. It works by transformation. You allow, you, you allow the Spirit of God inside you to reveal the realities of who God has already made you. Let's go back to our key text that we started this talk with in Psalm 37. It says this, trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, and feed on his faithfulness. You see, I could tell you that Abraham and Sarah, they fed on the faithfulness of God. I'm sure they would sit in their rocket chairs out because... They a hundred, man. You a hundred, you enjoy a rocket chair. I love a rocket chair right now. But I'm sure they'd be sitting in front of their tent just rocking. Sarah, you remember what God said, huh? Yeah. And then Sarah gets to doubting a little bit, and Abraham, hey, hey, girl. Uh-uh. Let's let, remember God took us out and said, look at the stars, count the stars. Huh? Yeah. Sometimes they'd have to encourage each, encourage each other in their faith. That's what we're supposed to do with one another. This is one of the main reasons that we gather together is to encourage each other in our faith. Because there will be times when you don't feel like, John, there's going to be times when you're not going to feel like trusting God. Now, see, John's 16 years old. He's driving. His parents got to trust God right now. Because <laughs> he, he's still learning these things, yeah? This is how God is with us, though. 
He's patiently waiting on us to step out. He's wanting us to trust him to do good. Stop trying to get somebody all the time. Remember we talked about this in our first session? We overcome evil with what? I got a little bit out of this group. We, over, we overcome evil with good. All right? So quit trying to put somebody in their place all the time. Trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, feed on this faithfulness. Watch this. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now, remember we highlighted this in both sessions. This means that you have this humble, reverent approach to God that you are captivated by his presence. You want to take the time to just be in the presence of God. I promise you, you could talk to many people here that could tell you that they've experienced these things. When you take the time to be in the presence of God, He'll show up. Now, I'm not talking about show up like Gabriel showed up to Daniel, but he'll, you'll know in your heart God's right there, and he'll begin to minister to your soul. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. And then it says this, commit your way to the Lord. Trust him, and he will bring it to pass. Bring this inspired life these desires of your heart he'll bring it to pass but guys you got to realize there is absolutely nothing that's going to replace that time with God so whatever your schedule looks like you see I know for many of you coming in here on a Sunday is a lot and God will meet you right where you're at now he won't leave you there See, there's a beautiful story of this in the, in the book of Acts where the apostle Paul goes to Mars Hill and he's in this real ungodly city in Athens and there's all kinds of statues and gods that they worship. And Paul finds one of, one of the statues and it says to the unknown God. And Paul says, okay, I'm going to tell you about this guy. What, what does that story mean? Paul went in and he met the people right where they were. He didn't try to bring them up he went down to their level and said, this unknown God, let me, let me tell you about the real, let me tell you about him. And he met him there. See, this is what God wants for us. Stop trying to, let me say this the right way. Y'all okay? Stop trying so hard to be impressive with your religion. Stop that junk. Stop trying to impress somebody with your theology. Stop all that. You know what God needs you to do? God needs you to be you, anointed by him. And what happens is when you spend time in this word, you change. You may not recognize it so much, but think about it for a second. Somebody that you know and, and they've been gone off uh, uh, for uh, uh, maybe a year or two and you haven't seen them. They've been working somewhere, et cetera, and then they come back for holidays and you see them and like, wow, y'all look different, man. Because you, you don't see them every day. See, you, you, you're seeing yourself every day. Some of the changes in your life, you may not recognize them because you're there every day. But other people see that in your life. And so when that happens, that's those times when God wants you to be you. Your style, your personality, your inspired influence. Why? Because he knows that there will people that, that, that he's going to lead across your path that will connect with you, that wouldn't even come through these church doors, but they'll listen to you in the break room, and you'll get the opportunity in the middle of stuff that you do wrong. God will use you for that. 
But if you never take the time to allow the Word of God to shape the way you think, then you're going to be limited in, in, in that, uh, uh, that lifestyle, that living inspired. And I, I think I, I uh, introduced this in part two of this talk in Joshua 1.8. I call it the Joshua 1.8 principle. But it is hands down a key component in you and me discovering and becoming who we are as people of God. Now, in, now in this pattern, let me set this up for a minute, and then we'll go into Joshua 1.8. But Moses, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 1 that he was Moses' assistant. Yeah? See, I know a lot of people, they just want to start at the top. But you don't get the top without being good at the assistant. Now, Joshua wasn't seeking a position. He wasn't seeking a title. God comes to Joshua and he says, my servant, Moses is getting ready to leave, and you're getting ready to take over. And he says this, in the same way that I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. He says, now I want you to, now listen carefully. He says, so I want you to go in and possess the land. Say possess the land. Yes. See, I know a lot of you all are just, and in this modern day church, we, we have this, this, this grace message, and, and make no mistake, I love and, and believe in grace, but if you're just sitting around waiting on God to do everything, you have not interpreted the Bible correctly. They still had to go in. Are you with me? He did give them the land. Houses they didn't build. There were giants in the land, but they still had to go get it. Joshua was, I mean, the first time God came to the people, the leadership of the church of Israel that Moses was pastoring, they didn't go in. Go look at Numbers chapter 13. They sent the 12 leaders of, that, of, the, of, their, of their people, and 10 of them came back with a bad report. Joshua and Caleb said, no, let's go right now. Let's go get this thing. I wonder why Joshua came, or God came and got Joshua later, some 40 years later. Same land he told Moses they could have. He said, all right, now, Joshua, you're going in to get it. He didn't say, I'm going to run everybody off and just go, I'm going to bring you a Christmas present. No, they actually had to go in and get it. They, they had to go in and, and attack giants. Yeah? You think about this for a second, Derek. You know, a, a giant has to have a big shower, right? A giant has to have a big couch, a big recliner, a big screen TV. A giant does. You know, he didn't have little stuff. And God said, I want you to go and take this. Now, he was going to empower him. He was going to do supernatural stuff. But all those supernatural things hinged on that. J just like he told Abraham, I need, you to take the, I need you to go to this place I'm going to show you. And so God has been, he's inspired and, and gave uh, Joshua his assignment. And then he says this, you know, and when you read that chapter one, you'll see repeatedly God says, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. And then in verse eight, he says this, this book of the law. Now understand something in the Old Testament, the law, <clears throat> that's what they had. So now that you're interpreting through the light of the New Testament, you know he's not just referencing Old Testament law of Moses. You do know that, right? You would read it today, the Bible shall not depart. The Word of God shall not depart from your mouth. 
See, in, in the Old Testament, that's all they had was law. But praise God, we're no longer under the law. Amen. Jesus nailed that stuff, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a price. He nailed that to the cross. Now we are under the age of grace. And the way you get it, according to Romans chapter 4, is the same way Abraham did through faith. You have to believe this stuff. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You'll read it. You'll meditate on it day and night so that you can be careful to do everything according with all that's written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. You ought to put your name there. Hmm? You ought to put, you ought to put your name when you're writing it. This book of the law, it won't depart from my mouth. I'm going to meditate in it day and night so that I can be careful to do what's in it. And then I will make my way prosperous. And I will have good success, thus says my Father. Yeah. See, meditation, now understand, don't, don't let some new age cultish thing get in the way when, when we use this word meditation. The word here simply means this, that you think on and talk to yourself about the word of God. You talk it out. Meditating it. Meditation is this God-given spiritual process, and it is designed to produce eternal change in the life of any human willing to put it into practice. Can I give you an example? When you, when you spend enough time listening to the, the, the Word of God, listening to the Word of God, hearing the truth about Jesus, all of a sudden, you get the revelation, and then you take a step of faith, and you ask him into your life, and you become this new creation. You're born again. Your name gets written in heaven. You're part of the family of God, joint heirs with Jesus, seed of Abraham, and heirs according to the promise. See, this is what meditating the Word of God will do. It will transform your soul. It will change your beliefs. It will produce faith in your life. It will give you access to kingdom living. Are you ready for this? It'll give you access to the impossible. How many of you ever think impossible? I know most of us. We, we want, it's, it's, it's somewhere in the back of our mind impossible. I think God's, God's looking for some people that it's right up in the front of your thinking. You're actually expecting, believing, you're talking impossible. You know, God is the God of the impossible, right? Sometimes when I watch Jesus and I, I look at some of the crazy things he did, so often he would, he would put it right back on the person. He said, it's according to your faith that this happened. It's not according to my great power. Matter of fact, the book of Philippians lets us know that Jesus laid his deity and his great power aside and became a human. Otherwise, if he, if he did things as God, how dare he tell us we could do them if he did them as God? But he didn't do them as God. He did them as a, the son of man anointed by God. Why would, if, if he did them as God, Tim, why would God have to anoint God? Isn't he the anointer? The anointer doesn't have to be. See, see our, your, your religion, when you just break it down, it doesn't stand up. The problem is, getting to the place where there's enough transformation that you actually believe this stuff, that you can say something like God did about Abraham and called him something that he wasn't. Jesus spoke to stuff, man. One of my favorite stories in the Bible 
And if you've watched, if you've watched The Chosen, it's very cool when Jesus shows up in the room in the, in the Gospel of Luke. The Bible says that Jesus showed up at uh, Peter's mother-in-law and he spoke to a fever. <laughs> I'm like, can fever listen? Well, apparently, not only did fever listen, fever obeyed, and it left. So when you read a story like that, and then you go right away, yeah, but that was Jesus. How, how many of you, now, don't raise your hand, but that's, that's your process. Yeah, but that was Jesus. I know there's a bunch of you like that. I, well, I wish I could do that. Or maybe, oh, I, I did, I, try, I spoke to a fever one time and nothing happened. Well, here's the thing. Let me say this with love. You're not Jesus. But if he told us we could do the things he did and we don't see him in our life, let's go back to Joshua 1.8 again. See, because this is, because I'm telling you over the years as a pastor, this is what I hear repeat, repeatedly. Well, I tried it and it didn't work, so it must have, it must have been something that God Quit blaming God for your unbelief. And I, I know that's going to make some of you mad. Okay, well, get mad. But prove me wrong in your anger. I tried it and it didn't work. Listen, I'm still believing God for stuff that I've been believing for for years. How, wait, 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 wait. How long did Abraham have to wait? So he was saying, Abraham, 25 years, no kid. 12 years in, I am Abraham. Huh? See, some of your coworkers, they're making fun of you now. Oh, I am, I am rich. I am blessed. The favor of God is on my life. Well, this sure doesn't look like it today. What happened to that? Huh? See, if we're constantly being moved by this outward world, by the, the opinions and cares of other people, you will never walk in faith. You'll never do it. So this life, this is why Joshua 1.8 is vital to your life of faith because that's how, you do, that's how you discover and you walk out success. This is why Jesus made crazy statements like he did. All things are possible to him that believes. What's in all? Fever leaving? Sickness leaving? How about this? Money coming. Oh, I don't know about all that stuff. That's exactly why you're here because you keep saying, I don't know about it. And if you keep saying, I don't know about it, guess what you got? You got, I don't know about it. <laughs> See, Jesus said in John 10, the thief's the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you can have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, why in the world would God want to overflow your life? To be a blessing. Go back, remember at the beginning, Genesis chapter 12? I'm going to make you great. So that you could be a blessing. See, when the blessing, when the blessing truck is on you, huh? When you show up, the blessing truck shows up. Can I, can I pick on you for just a second? How many of you are like this? You're out at the restaurant eating, and this, the server says, How many checks? And you wait for somebody else to say something? Huh? Come on now. No, I want to challenge you today. 
I like, I, I, like, I like to try to beat people to it sometimes. There's sometimes I'll just get up and leave the table and go get the server. Like, give me that. I don't even give. Because it, it's fun. When you understand blessing, you can't outgive God. It will never hurt you. When you understand this principle, God designed you to be a blessing, you ought to show up looking to pay the tab. Huh? Man, I'm just not there yet. Well, start, start small. Don't take them to Ruth Chris. Take them to McDonald's. <laughs> Come on, man. But start. You got to, listen, if you don't start the principle, you'll never discover it. Jesus said, I came that you could have life in abundance. If you study this word abundance out, in the Greek, it really, the word, I can't remember what it is right now. It means super abundant. It means, are you ready for this, Eric? It means too much. Too much. Is God a too much God? Well, I, I don't know, preacher. I, looking at my life, I bet Abraham could say the same thing. He's still waiting on too much God to show up. This is why they named his name Isaac. God told him to call their first son Isaac. The name means laughter. God, you're funny, man. <laughs> man. You made me wait 25 years. And here's what's really crazy. After he waited 25 years and he got him, then God said, give him to me. Yeah, I know. God, you think God's just going to let you sit around in your lazy boy and just watch Christian videos and sing Kumbaya? Come by here, Lord, you know, if it's your will. No, 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 no. Be strong and courageous because you're going in today. I have come and blessed you. I know it sounds over simple, but this is what Jesus is asking us today. Trust, delight, and commit. Make the commitment to live a godly life. This is what God wants us to understand out of Psalm 37. God's word produces godly desires, godly principles in our life. But over the years, this is the thing. So, so often I find myself, and I know as a pastor we do this, we find ourselves following logic instead of God. Because God will tell you to do stuff that will not make sense. He'll tell you to do crazy stuff. See, living inspired means that there will be times you got to step out beyond your own ability, and you have to trust him. you got to commit your way to him. Just like, just like with Abraham, God asked him to take one simple step of faith. Go where I'm telling you. It's the same today. It's Jesus, was, he, he's doing these same things with us today. Just go where I'm telling you to go. Connie, just do what I'm telling you to do. Just do it. Yeah, but Lord, it doesn't make sense. Oh, my bad. I forgot to check with you about the... God is not of the senses. You understand that. He is of of the Spirit. He is a faith God. Go where I'm telling you. Do what I'm asking you to do one step at a time, one day at a time, one inspired life at a time. Remember, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you great. Hmm? I believe this is Isaiah's point when he said in Isaiah 119, if you're willing... And obedient. See, if it was just God going to do it, there is no if you're willing and obedient. You know, God's just going to do it, so sit there and take it. No. You could run from, you know, you know anybody that's ran from God? I have many times. Like, oh, not that God. No, no. Uh-uh. See, living inspired, it starts with a willing heart. And the moment we start taking those steps of faith toward God, the more inspired our life becomes. 
that Joshua principle, guys, you got to get this today. It's not just some religious legalistic suggestion. Joshua 1.8 is spiritual law. It's like the law of gravity. It will work in your life if you apply the principle. You become what you behold. Deuteronomy 28, it says it like this, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Okay, I take that. But what if it doesn't look like it right now? What if all you look like is the tail? Huh? Yeah, you look like, you look like there's, you're, in, you're in the basement, bottom of everything. I will make you the head and not the tail. You will be, who's talking here? This is God speaking. You will be above only and not beneath. If, there's that daggone word again, if. You know the thing about if? It's right in the middle of the word life. If you'll do what I tell you to do. See, the blessing of God is on the other side of you doing what he tells you to do. Not, out of, not, not Old Testament law stuff. You, you're not in that. Jesus said all the law and the prophets hang on this one truth. Love God and love people. Yeah. You, see, when you start walking these principles out from the inside out, you start changing. And so, you know, you think about this. Since God has called each of us, according to Joshua, according to Deuteronomy, you got to get this today. He hasn't called us to failure. No, he's called us to success. He's, he's called us to be these blessings. And it starts with this. You have to trust in the Lord. You got to trust him. You have to delight yourself in the Lord. You've got to be captivated with his presence and enjoy the journey right in the middle when everything looks dark and you don't see a way out. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then, he, then this last one, commit. You got to make the commitment to God. Not religion, not victory, life, church, creed, and doctrine. God, commit your life to him. So when God tells you forgive, when God tells you give, when God tells you love, when God tells you extend mercy, when God tells you take this bold step of faith and trust me. See, everything about this kind of living, it hinges on meditating the Word of God. You got to think about the things of God, you all. And, and you know, you, you've heard me say this so often. We become what we behold. Oh, y'all never heard that? Y'all okay? Are, you, are, are we done? Do I need to clock? I know John said 45, but John's wrong. <laughs> we become what we behold. You know the Apostle Paul in, in his letter to the Corinthian church, he said this, as we behold him, we are transformed into the same image as him. Come on, somebody. All you got to do is watch him. See, I want to take this a step further, though. Not only do we become, Ronnie, not only do we become what we behold, you know what? We attract, I don't know if y'all ready for this. We attract what we are. Can I give you some examples? I was talking about it a little bit earlier. My job sucks. It will keep sucking. Huh? I want a new marriage. No, you're not getting a new one. Fix the one you got. You know, I've, 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 I was, where was, I forget where I was at. We were, oh, Tracy and I, we was on our anniversary. We were uh, down in Gatlinburg, and 
you know, they have these little wedding chapels down there, and this young couple had just gotten married, and there was this guy behind me, and he, he in, in, bless his heart, in his ignorance, he said, well, there's another one, bites the dust. <laughs> and I, and I, I wanted to say something, you know, I'm like, man, you know, it's, it's, but it's like people that think that way, it's like, it's like women that have been hurt in relationships or men that have been, that, that either way, like, well, men are, all men are jerks. Guess what kind you're going to attract? Because that's what's in you. You wonder why you're with knucklehead. <laughs> huh? Guys, Jesus, why am I on this? Because we're talking about living these inspired lives, and Jesus said, Jesus, You'll know a tree by its fruit. Yeah. You can tell. So here's the thing. When we begin to meditate, it produces fruit in our life. And the seed produces after its own kind. So if you're hanging out with Jesus and you're meditating Jesus, and just think if, just think if you went to the extreme and you started prophesying over your life. What if you started speaking, I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. The Word of God says that he took sickness and disease away from me, and by his stripes, I am healed. What if you started saying that instead of what the doctor says? Yeah, but the doctor's right. Is he more right than Jesus? What if you started practicing what God said over your life? See, here's the thing that I've discovered. When it comes to living this life and allowing meditation to, to take root in your life, I read this recent study, over 75% of human decision is produced from our subconscious. Over 75% of what you do is stuff that's in you, you know, just like my hand's moving while I'm talking. You know, if you're, you know, if you're left-handed, try brushing your teeth right-handed. Or if you're a righty, try it tomorrow. Try brushing your teeth with your left hand. Huh? Some of the things that you say and respond, it's, it's inside here. See, that part, your, your subconscious is really that part of you, of you where influence, you know, it really influences your actions, your emotions many times, and you're not even aware of it. You respond the way you do to certain things because the root. Well, I just couldn't help it. That's me. I know that's my point. 75% of you just comes out of what's already in you. So let's get, what if we got something else in you? What if you started prophesying over your life? What if, see, here's the thing. When it comes to living this way, don't kid yourself. Anytime we try going out beyond the boundaries of our self-imposed subconscious, that, that way of living that's already built in us, anytime you try to change that, you, you don't, don't think there's not going to be a war that rages in your soul. There will be. Your flesh wants what it wants. That's why they bring bread to the table. Oh, can, I have another, can I have another basket of them rolls? Like you need 12 rolls. Well, I don't, I don't really need them, but I like them. That's a habit we've developed. We go out, Tracy, we'll go out like, we don't need, and she'll tell the server we don't need any bread. I'm like, I'm like, get behind me, Satan. I'm like, what the, <laughs> huh? We don't need any bread. I came for the bread, right? 
Let, 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 let me get you out of here with this. Let's go back to Joshua 1.8. This book of the law, God's word, it shall not depart from your mouth. All right, let, let's, let, let, me, let me take a second. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. So if the book of the law, if the word of God is not going to depart from your mouth, what's that mean? you got to have it in you if you're going to talk it. Now, God knows where you're at. This is why we put all these notes available for you. He knows you're busy. Get one of these. Get this one scripture. Put it on your dashboard. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Find a promise from God. All the promises of God in Christ are what? See, as the seed of Abraham, we have, we have the promise that God gave Abraham. I'm going I'm to bless you. I'm going to make you great. What if you started talking that way over your life? Now, now, listen, I'm not talking about in the break room in front of a bunch of unbelievers. You need to start in your bedroom by yourself. When you get in the truck in the morning and you're on the way to work, God, thank you, Father, that the favor surrounds me. Your goodness and mercy are all over me right now. Your anointing is on me. Your joy is my strength. What if you started talking that way every day? The fruit is going to change because the root gets impacted. The Word of God shall not depart from your mouth. You'll meditate in it day and night. Day and night. What's he mean by that? It needs to be a lifestyle, you all. Why? So that you can be careful to do everything that's written in it. And then, when you get this principle, then you're going to have good success. Well, I've been trying. I've, stop, stop. James says you can't have fresh water and salt water coming out of the same faucet. I, I, know, I know you think, well, that's a little bit too extreme. I'm not the one that said I only do the things I hear my father say. I wonder if that's really what he meant. That's exactly what he meant. He took it a step further. I only do what I see my father do. Shoot. Huh? The Apostle John said, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. See, this is what, this is what Jesus is trying to get us to understand. Are all things possible to you? That you can't just don't, just, don't just say yeah because I don't agree with that. He said all things are possible to him that believes. He didn't say all things are possible to him that goes to church every Sunday. You actually have to believe this stuff. You actually have to believe that God is the God of the Bible, that he is going to bless you. See, believe, believing is a spiritual reality given to us by God to overcome this natural world. You have to believe it. I mean, just as sure as you believe you're going to heaven. Find promises. Believe that all that you put your hand to is blessed. Believe it. See, when you get to this place and you understand that there is such power in believing, it changes your response, not only to situations, but to people. Because you know that they don't see what you see yet. This is how you really want to stretch your faith. Believe God to give you the strength today to love the unlovable, to love people, to forgive people, to be that blessing to somebody. Are you ready for this? To give somebody that word. 
I went and visited with someone I hadn't seen her in a while, and she's, she's one of my elders in the body of Christ. And, man, she started prophesying to me right out of the gate. I'm like, dang. She said, I, I, I told her, because she was asking me how things were going when we were talking about ministry. She stopped me. She said, listen, this is God, this is God speaking to you right now. Well, I mean, I, I listened, <laughs> right? Now, 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 what you have to understand is, okay, so if that's happening, so now what do I have to do? If I, because all, all she did was confirm something that was already going on me. I'm just scared. Come on, y'all. So what has to happen now? Now I've got to, this, this word of God shall not depart from my mouth. You're going to meditate in it day and night. You're going to observe to do what's written in it, and then you're going to see success in your life. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking it. I'm ta- now, I'm not talking it in front of you yet, but once, I, once it gets settled, I won't talk it in front of you. I'm going to show you. What about you? Let me, let me leave. Can I, can I give you one more scripture? Can I have? <laughs> y'all okay, right? All right. This, this, this was going to help you with this stepping over into this arena. <laughs> Romans chapter 4. Y'all going to read Romans chapter 4 this week, right? Yeah. Watch this. Verse 19. And this is Abraham. Now remember, the blessing of Abraham. We are the seed of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is on us. Watch this. And Abraham, not being weak in faith, he didn't consider his own body already dead since he was about 100. Or the deadness of Sarah's womb since she was 90. He didn't think about it. He didn't consider it. He gave no place to it in his thought life is what that means. I know the report. I know the situation. I know what's going on in the natural Abraham wouldn't even think about that. Like, uh-uh, Sarah, you remember what God said 25 years ago? We're not going there. No. God said, he's going to make me great. And I'm going to be a blessing. That, and that's not some arrogant thing that you're going to say. You're actually believing that God's going to make you great. Why? To advance the kingdom of heaven. To do something great for him. To be a representative of him. To walk in the fullness and things of God. See, an inspired life. Are you ready for this today? An inspired life gets ready. It gets ready. Michaela, you getting ready for your next chapter when you graduate high school? You getting ready now, aren't you? She's getting ready. She has expectations. See, anybody, man, you got to take this home today. This is what God is looking for. So get ready. Start planning your future. Start speaking. Start prophesying the word of God. Call things that God says about you into your life. Amen? Father, this morning, let this word penetrate our soul. Holy Spirit, give us this anointed, inspired courage to not settle, but to trust, to delight, to commit. And every day, as we renew and we practice the things of God, we meditate the things of God, the transformation begins to take place and we become what you've called us to. We call those things, Lord, into existence in your precious name, Jesus. Now, here's the deal. If you're in the room today, this life that I'm talking about, 
It's not a religious life. It's not a church-going life. It's a new life. You know, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, well, today's the day. Don't leave this room. I don't know if I like, like your style of preaching to your church. Okay, but you're here right now. You don't have to come back. It's okay. If you need help finding a church, we'll help you find one you like. But you're here today. Listen, listen. those of you listening, watching, tomorrow's not promised to anybody. So come on. Take a step of faith today. Quit procrastinating. Quit waiting for the right whatever. No, today's the day. Now's the time. Take a step of faith. We made it so simple. All you got to do is say this very simple prayer of faith, and the Lord moves in. So say it with us today. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. Now I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Now, if you said the prayer, welcome to the family. Get ready for God to do incredibly wonderful things in your life. Now, before you get out of here, am I closing? Okay. See, when they do, when they do new stuff, I'm, I'm used to old stuff. So I need to make sure I'm following the rules, right? Couple things, and I'll get you out of here. On your way out, if you brought your tither offering, there's gift boxes in the hall and on the lobby out by the back doors. Uh, just drop your offering in there, or you can go online and give there. Uh, I want to thank you for your faithfulness and your giving. Um, you know, like I was telling you last week, we're, you know, we're allowed to do wonderful things for the kingdom of heaven, for our community, for different people that need help, things of that nature. I love being able to be a blessing, and it's all because you obey the Lord. You see, God uses people. And so thank you for your faithfulness in your giving. I promise you this, as you continue obeying God, uh, you, the, the Bible makes it very clear that he blesses the giver. He, his blessing is on, on you. So be expecting God to continue in your journey of faith, to bless you, to make your name great. Amen? And then this week, when you guys are out now, you understand it's going to get hectic from now till Christmas, right? Shopping and all the different things. So what we're going to do is we're going to be these people that are laid back, calm, cool, collected, full of the joy of the Lord. I mean, I, I, was that too much? I'm just trying to prophesy over your life, okay? Because I know we get crazy, man. And so God is looking for a group of people that's going to believe him to give him the steadiness through all the craziness. You know, they'll look at you like, man, that didn't bother you? She cut right in front of you. Oh, it's okay, man. Yeah. No? Well, I, I won't have to worry about that. I'm just going to go on Amazon. <laughs> what if God wants to use you in somebody's life? Huh? In aisle 12. Yeah. So this week, be ready. Be expecting. Why? Because you are called to live these inspired lives. God bless you all. I love you, man. Have a wonderful week.